Hi, I'm Ray. Hey, I'm Bree, and this is the RMB podcast, a pop culture podcast where we wrap up each week's pop culture events. Ray, how are you doing? I'm making it. I have, I currently have chocolate ice cream, so hopefully by our third segment that'll be melted and I'll be ready to go. But <laughs> I have heating pads on. I'm comfortable. I'm ready to rock and roll this week. How are you? Um, this week went by a lot faster than last week. However, this winter is killing me. Um, I know. It's cold in Texas. I know it's cold in Michigan. Yeah, literally. So Sunday, Monday, like, it was warm. Like, a typical Texas January day, it felt like. Um, Me and my, like, roommate went out, and, like, we had, like, winter coats on. And we were like, we look silly. Like, it's too hot for this. I had someone else text me, like, let's go hot tubbing. Like, warm outside. Hmm. And today is basically it was like a blizzard every time you walk outside you're covered in snow it's awful like i just ridiculous yeah it made me so sad like honestly but i mean like there's highs and lows like as long as i stay inside i'm good wow i just so um the the world knows about how brie is winning this week though my like not to say that me getting in a car accident actually like <laughs> was a good thing but they had to like like obviously they had to take my car like apart and put it back together in order to fix it uh-huh. and somehow I go to pick it up today and the Versace glasses that Brie has been looking for for how long has it been like, has it been like two years at this point no, it has not been nearly that long. It was just the summer break. Really? Just the summer yeah, break? It, it was August. It was when I went home before, like, classes begun again. Girl, you honestly have been talking about this for so, like, I feel like <laughs> I've heard about it so many times. I thought it would have been, like, a year. Oh, my gosh. She made such a big deal about these Versace glasses. But anyways, they were the perfect shape for her face and all of this. And I get in my car <laughs> and I look over at my passenger seat because I, like, things that I I guess just missed or couldn't get out myself they just like put them in the front seat and her glasses are sitting right there (laughs) when I say and obviously I'm gonna talk later about like another great thing that happened this week but not gonna lie Reagan that made my week because I (laughs) I went to sunglasses hut the other day just to get like my um regular prescription glasses like tightened like the arms or whatever and I just was like really sad I was like looking at other sunglasses because I'm trying to go on a cruise I am going on a cruise for spring break and I was like man if only I had my sunglasses like I was really bummed about it like this week and it was just like I at through a point where now I was like it's a lost cause I just cut my losses I was like trying to figure out how I'm gonna make enough money this month to get some new glasses before spring break and you text me this morning, and I'm just, like, honestly blessed. Like, <laughs> because Lord knows I really do not need to spend any more money this month, and I'm so grateful my glasses have been found. Hey, thank the people of Service King. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, So what are we talking about this week, Ray? This week, <laughs> we are going to talk about the explosive, in many ways, Super Bowl performance that happened this past Sunday. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. We love, um, we love that for your dad, Bree. Um, <laughs> we 
are also going to be talking a little bit about meaningful diversity. It is Black History Month. Lock it in, okay? Get used to it. Um, and then finally, we're going to break off with some reality television talk. There's been a lot that's been going on in The Bachelor. And with Brie as our resident reality te- television <laughs> professional, I feel like at this point she should have a like a, a whole resume about reality television. <laughs> I'm excited to hear her thoughts and opinions coming out of this week. Oh, I'm so honored by that. I feel like I'm not at that level to get that recognition, but thank you. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> um, I'm excited, though, for these topics. So let's get started. Alrighty. So truth be told, like, I was so busy this weekend that I actually did not get to watch the Super Bowl or, like, the halftime show live. Um, I actually just watched it, like, before we started recording. Mm. Um, But I've heard about, like, all the controversy. My dance teacher talked about it this week in class. Uh, But I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of my favorites that I've seen. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that what was it last year it was maroon five which was just a disappointment and then Mm -hmm. the year before um who was the year before i honestly couldn't tell you it was not memorable i feel like it's just been a couple years of lackluster um super bowl performances and i feel like we finally got back to the like huge shows amazing dancing like where I feel like everyone could be on their feet during this performance yeah like I typically during these like halftime shows like the boring ones it's like they feel really long and I remember like just watching this one I was like that was it like I could have watched a good five minutes more of that performance I think what helped though was because it was like a co-headlining instead of like where you got like when Coldplay hosted, like, the best part was obviously when Beyonce and Bruno came on. But, like, Bruno oh. hosted, and he had, like, a weird guest come on. And I don't, like, it's like, whenever they have these, like, random guests come on that, like, don't usually, like, mesh well with, like, the headliner, like, it it makes the performance kind of jarring. But, like, mm-hmm. this one, I felt, like, really, like, Shakira and J-Lo, like, I didn't know I needed that in my life, but I really am glad that it exists now. Yeah, the person I was missing, by the way, I just looked it up, was Justin Timberlake, and we just don't talk about that. Oof, yeah. But I think you're right. I feel like there was, when you have two people like that, or two, like, really, like, pop stars like that, you don't run out of hits. Like, yes. you don't have to go to the B-sides at all. Yeah. I feel like that is what makes the performance. Like, you're excited about every song. It's not like, oh, only like, you know, fans, fans know this one. It's like, no, they only really have time to perform the ones where, like, everyone is really into it, you know? Because if it was just J-Lo, halfway through, people would have been like, because, you know, she can start with Jenny on the block. And then, like, by the end of it, you know, she has, to, she has to go through a couple that, you know, only a niche group of people know before we get to waiting for tonight, you know? Yeah. So, 
it just I feel like there were great moments there was great imagery um I don't know if you noticed um the images the 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 statement they were making with the the kids in the cages um on the field oh I didn't Um, think about that but yeah you're so right yeah yeah I mean it was a subtle image but it was an image nonetheless you know um you know they obviously spoke in Spanish for a a, a good amount of it um Mm -hmm. Shakira who I didn't know until this um didn't know until this year was half Lebanese but Miriam told me that I was late on that so sorry to (laughs) all you Lebanese folks that I wasn't giving credit to the funny Uh, thing is when she started belly dancing I instantly just thought of Miriam's graduation party and that's okay (laughs) but yeah there was just so much culture up there on that stage JLo's daughter phenomenal did a great Mm -hmm. job that was a great moment she Um, looks just like JLo too oh yeah I just all the way straight. I will say the only part that I was kind of like what it was when they started singing Born in the USA but then I remembered it was a Super Bowl halftime show so I was like okay well they had also just showed the kids in the cages so I know but I just was <laughs> like the song is so random yeah it did it didn't flow as well as I think they wanted it to but I think the message still came across yeah yeah so I was I was a huge fan like the entire time I was like yes and something that some that a lot of people have been talking about too is Shakira is forty three years old. Jennifer Lopez is fifty years old. I know. When I say they look impeccable, I'm like wow, what melanin can really do for your life? <laughs> no, for like the shape that they are both in at their age is just insane. Like they're more than twice my age, and like I couldn't even be in that good of shape. <laughs> Oh no! I don't think cheerleading Brie was in that kind of shape. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I mean, I know that at some points they were lip syncing, but like there were also just moments where they were, you know, serving. I mean, like I can't even like I don't get mad at people for lip syncing these days. Like the breath control and like stamina that like the performance that people want now is just like insane. Mm -hmm. so like when people do lip sync like I'm I cannot be mad because they're still doing more than what I can do exactly and I think people don't um understand exactly how loud it is on that stage when you have all these people screaming one in this huge stadium you got pyrotechnics like flying off every two seconds Mm -hmm. like there's just a lot going on that you have to focus on I will say Beyonce does not lip sync and has not missed a beat yet However, I don't blame anyone else because not everyone can be Beyonce. I mean, yeah. I also, because after I watched J-Lo and Shakira's Super Bowl, I went back to watch. Because actually, someone tried to tell me that Beyonce never performed like her own halftime show. And I was like... Yes, she did. I know, exactly. So I was like, what? So I went and looked it up again. And I was like, it's crazy because I feel like if she did it today, like it just would be such a better performance like I feel like I'm underwhelmed because I know the Beyonce of today we've seen homecoming exactly seen, and like not saying that wasn't a great performance or Super Bowl performance and I want to say like it was that 2013 mm-hmm. uh, it's just like I was like wow like 
she has come so far exactly but here's the thing that also too is like i i thought about that and i was like damn this one like hers was just so premature um because that one in 2013 had to have been after four came out so she still had a lot of bops but at the same time if you think you know man if only she would have waited until you know like, if she, like, and I'm not saying that Shakira and J.O. didn't need this time. They, they did need this time. And we have had a black, a female do the Super Bowl halftime um, with Janet Jackson, the controversy. However, <laughs> I would love to see it again, you know? And I just don't know. I know that people have done the Super Bowl halftime twice, but I don't know that we'll get to see Beyonce do it again. Well, I don't necessarily know if she would because, like, now there's all this controversy about People trying to cancel those who perform at the Super Bowl halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, I prefer for them to take the gig and then make the whites mad than to not take the gig and then we get Justin Timberlake and Maroon 5. It, that's how I feel. Like, and honestly, I'm like, why are we getting mad at someone for taking opportunity to, like, perform? Because also, like, the resources that they get for Super Bowl performances are, like, you almost unmatched. Like, you cannot... Not many celebrities and star like, performers get to perform in stadiums. Well, that's just a tea. Like, the budget of these shows is just phenomenal. And they make you iconic, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, like, if you do it right, yes. Mm-hmm. Katie's, no one will ever forget that one because of Right Shark, but just because of the amount of camp that she was able to put on that stage. Yeah, like, she, like, rode was, like, a lion or something and had, like, the star thing that she was riding at the end, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It's just your moment to do the most. Yeah, like, Lady Gaga no jumping into the stadium. And we all said, oh. The memes that came out of that one were just the flavor. <laughs> and that's a team. But I that's mean, one thing I'll say is that I've not seen very many like moments where people are like memeing from this performance. So I'm kind of sad about outside it. of Shakira's. Um, I can't remember the technical term for it in um, Arabic, but like her little tongue thing. Oh yes, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> really, the memes have come from conservatives who were completely and utterly disgusted and upset. And felt like their children had been corrupted for the rest of the of time because JLo and Shakira got up there and worked with the good Lord gave them. And I'd say sparing clothing. Shakira had on more than JLo, which is just a JLo thing to do, even though I don't know, I have mixed emotions about JLo not putting on clothes from time to time. Um <laughs> but also, um, the performance that she put on pretty much halfway through, which I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't, I was a little shocked at the stripper pole, but I was more impressed than I would say, um, like, concerned about it. I guess I just, like, really didn't think twice of it. I, I, like, more was concerned from a safety standpoint because there's a moment where she's like standing on two of the dancers like shoulders and still like holding on to the pole and like she looked like she was almost about to fall so like I just was like wait be careful <laughs> yeah um, but like I didn't like I don't know I feel like 
one I almost all performers now wear like some body suit fringe combo thing I mean Taylor be wearing that at all the performances this year at the award I'm not talking about that though I'm talking about the bodysuit that didn't have fringe that was just like perfectly placed appliques yeah but I feel like I've seen JLo wear that before at an award show yeah and to and I'm just I'm gonna be that white person in class that's just to play devil's advocate um (laughs) but you know the Super Bowl, every like most everyone is watching. You know, award shows are I I don't want to say they're niche, but you know, I don't think a lot of kids are really watching award shows like that. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like this is a, just a different audience. So maybe catering to that audience would have been you know a little more tasteful. I'm not saying that. I thought it was distasteful or anything like that. I liked the majority of their costumes. I thought Shakira looked phenomenal all the way throughout. I just didn't like the bodysuit. I just didn't think it was flattering. But that's just me. Yeah. I don't, like, my thing is, like, when I was a kid, though, like, I feel like, like, I watched Britney Spears and never once I, like, thinking about, like, her outfit. But, I mean, like, that was probably like that's the thing is like I wasn't like oh that's what I want to wear mm-hmm. um it's not like until you're like probably like actually dressing yourself do you really think and like look at what people are wearing and like think about wanting to wear those too mm-hmm. like I don't know what children are really getting corrupted exactly I don't think it was child corrupting but I think when it comes to the dancing though like when you have people of other cultures getting up there and like like that's their moment you know to present their culture and when you consider things like most latin countries and um yeah most latin and caribbean countries i think jayla's technically puerto rican um they celebrate carnival you know and so Mm -hmm. the elaborateness of the costumes and like the skimpiness of the costumes i'll say and then like that style of dance is their culture you know it's something that they don't like that, you know, kids see and they're not thinking, um, you know, sexually about it. It's a celebration. So I just feel like people that did have an issue with it weren't in a like, I, I feel like it's this this thought that America is still this super buttoned up, you know, nuclear family that doesn't have private parts. Yeah, I also just feel like people always want to find a reason to be mad. Usually you can complain about maybe like the set list or just like their performance was lackluster or whatever. But like the fact that all I can say is that they didn't like their costumes and like one piece of the concept because they found it inappropriate. Like I just feel like people just want a reason to complain. You're right. They'll always want to be mad. And half of it's because they can't look like that or do that at 43 and 50. Yeah. Like, why can't people just enjoy it and be like, that was a really good Super Bowl performance. We haven't had one of those in a minute. Exactly. My favorite tweet, though, I think, is this representative, like, uh, like I think he's, like, in the house or something. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, we I paused the Super Bowl halftime performance because of the, I guess, because of the, he he kind of, like, got a glimpse and saw where it was going, I guess. 
and so he paused it to try and um like just save up enough time that he would be able to fast forward past it because of his kids and didn't fast forward long didn't pause long enough and then mm-hmm. as soon as they like caught back up it was j-lo spinning on the on the stripper pole. oh no <laughs> See, like, like that's he's... almost worse i feel like it highlights it if you like take the time to like skip through it exactly it was just it was too much i literally like i know he was being so serious but it was so funny to me i mean i didn't really have much to say besides you know they did a great job and i hope that these next couple performances will live up to it Moving into our Black History portion of the podcast, as we all know, it's February, the shortest month of the year, which is trifling. But anyways, it's the month that we take <laughs> to celebrate Black history, Blackness, and all of the people who brought us to where we are today, we meaning us Black people. Sorry, if you didn't already know. Um, <laughs> but our... We don't want to say our girl, because if we say our girl, then that would imply that she would ever look at us and think of anything other than you, um, because she's just that type of person. Um, but supermodel Naomi Campbell um, decided to kick off Black History Month in a very uninspiring way, uh, making a statement saying, quote, Black History Month does not have geographic borders in which we celebrate the history life and accomplishments of people of color this month we celebrate and recognize all capital a-l-l people of color around the globe across all generations industries and significance our history and appreciation is one she goes on to speak about um quincy jones and nelson mandela um but in I think in starting the way that she did, highlighting two Black men afterwards was a little bit lackluster for a lot of people, Um, mainly because we have to think about what Black History Month is and why it's necessary. Um, We, or me and Brie both grew up in the American school system going to what I I would say is one of the best public schools that Texas has to offer. But what wasn't popping was the American history that we were taught in this system. Mm. Um, It's largely white. You know, you learn about the, you know, you know, the top couple, you learn about your Martin Luther King juniors. Uh, I believe that we read the letter from Birmingham jail on like the junior year, I think. Um, But you know, you hear about Rosa Parks. Um, I think we took a little bit of time for Henrietta Lacks, which was very, you know, niche to our our school, I'm realizing. Um, yeah. But... The engineers have to read it um, for Michigan, mm-hmm. which but is even, interesting. Even still, to unless there's, like, I hadn't had a good portion of, I didn't realize how much history was out there specifically from like times of slavery where it was direct um direct from slaves do you know what i mean like 
diaries and journals and memoirs and just all of these artifacts and history that we have as black people that we don't discuss in school Mm -hmm. and yeah there are a lot of people you know that like to say you know we don't have time for everything in class we've been in class okay we know that instead of watching glory (laughs) we can definitely um, learn about Frederick Douglass and read some of his works that would show the slave experience on a real you know level but we're missing that in our schools and so in order to highlight these people we take this time to really reflect and to educate and it's 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 very um it's a community celebration it's not a you know um you know everyone has to put on their obama and black lives matter shirts and everyone has to dote on their black friends and like you know you can't say this to black people this month even though you shouldn't say it to black people this month um you know it's it's a community thing. Like, I don't see us forcing this on white people or, black, you know, like on other people. So I don't understand why people can't just, especially black people, can't just let us celebrate our history. When you consider the fact that there's a month for LGBT pride, when there is a month for Mexican pride, when there is a month for women, there's like, we, like every culture and subsection has their moment you know of the year I don't understand how some people can have a such an issue specifically black people because I want to say Samuel L. Jackson had something similar to say to this a couple years ago you know when there's such lack of it in American schools it's just like crazy because I remember like when blackish is like the Juneteenth episode like black Twitter was just on fire because so many people were like I didn't even know Juneteenth was like a thing Mm -hmm. and it's like like even though that isn't in February like Black History Month it's like in June it's just like crazy that like we grew up in Texas which is really why Juneteenth exists and it's like we never heard about it yep yep you never hear about it in schools you don't really hear about it you know like out in communities because well, we grew up in a predominantly white community, so there aren't Juneteenth parades. But where I came from in Paris, Texas, where there is a larger Black community, you know, there were Juneteenth parades. So I, I was cognizant of it. But I feel like it is important for everyone to have this information because this, the thing is, American history as it stands, to be American means to be white. Like, mm-hmm. when you think of the rest of us, you have you're Mexican-Americans, you have Black Americans, you have, you know, Lebanese-Americans. Like, there, we always have a tag in front of our names, in front of our, you know, qualifiers, you know? So it's like, if you're not going to teach about us, don't complain when we want to educate ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have a moment just to, like, celebrate. Exactly. Like I said, we're not forcing anything on anyone. And I feel like it's just as important for other countries to take time to really um, celebrate their cultures and their um, and their black communities and things of the sort. Um, because what's ironic about this whole thing is while Naomi Campbell is over here preaching to Americans, she's a British, I believe she's a British citizen, um, 
well, she's an American citizen now, but, you know, she's British. Over in Britain, um, the BAFTA Awards were this weekend, which we're not going to talk about because they were all white. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, uh, Joaquin Phoenix um, accepting the award for um, lead actor for The Joker made a powerful statement um, saying that he felt very honored and privileged but he has to I'll just read it as 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 him he says and I quote I feel very honored and privileged but I have to say I also feel conflicted because so many of my fellow actors don't have that same privilege I think we send a very clear message to people of color that you are not welcome here I don't think anybody wants a handout or preferential treatment, although that's what we give ourselves every year. I think people just want to be appreciated for their work. This is not a self-righteous condemnation because I am part of the problem. We have to do the hard work to, to really understand systemic racism. I think that is the obligation of people that have created and perpetuated and benefit from the system of oppression to dismantle it. That's on us. So thank you. And I think this is just, I think where the power of this message comes from is one, I, I urge all of you to go watch the actual footage of the speech being given um, because they flash into the audience who seems to be, you know, shocked, but also is looking around and seems to be realizing for the first time, everyone in this room is white. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in this room is white. And it seemed to be, they, like I said, they seemed genuinely shocked, whether it was because he was saying it or because, um, you know, they just hadn't realized it. But, you know, there, other countries also struggle with diversity. So I feel like it's, if, if, if they don't already do it, you know, having this sort of thing in Britain would be phenomenal, you know, because we've seen what they did to our girl, Meghan Markle. They're just, even just because they put a little, like, you know, polite bow on their racism doesn't mean that they're not racist you know we're, yeah. we don't live in an equal world we just don't no yeah like I very much appreciate him also saying like I'm part of the problem and like admitting like blame saying like that's on us because um, it's very rare for people to like admit that I feel like um oftentimes when they do give like these like speeches they never really put themselves as part of the blame yeah well yeah like i it is like racism is just worldwide period mm-hmm. so yeah and i think like i said the most important part of this is that he's saying that as well, white people and people that benefit from the system people of privilege it's our job like, I feel yeah. like it's always put on Black people or any marginalized group to make their oppressors feel comfortable. And that's not right. Like, I'm the uncomfortable one in the situation. And it's not my job to coddle you. Yeah. So it is, it is white people's job to be more educated and to, you know, not be racist. Like, it, it's not hard to not be racist mind your business you know what I mean um so I I I really appreciated his um 
that moment. I do hope that he backs it up and that this year we can kind of see him adding in, um, you know, pushing forward in this quest of, you know, equal opportunity. Um, But yeah, because the thing about diversity, especially in media, um, and having meaningful diversity means having people not only in front of the camera who stand up there and, you know, look pretty and accept the awards, but having that diversity also behind the camera to make sure that the representations that we're putting out are authentic and are real. Yeah. Like the stories are told by the demographic that they're about. Mm -hmm. Because while we have a lot of black actors and we can say that like, you know, the face of television has changed. Writers rooms are still predominantly white and male. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a it's just a statistic that's not changing. So we got to do more on that front. But um, just to circle back to you know education as a whole, I think I don't think that we can fully put this. Like, I I understand yes that we need to educate uh, that they that white people are it's white people's responsibility to educate themselves, but I also feel like that starts in the education systems themselves. Um, yeah, no, there's just definitely a bias in U.S. history, of course, to white men, but like, especially making them look the best. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, in all history, it's just like all history that we learned is so biased. Like, even the bad parts of history, like, kind of get brushed over or like suffer under the rug. Like, we the Civil War, like, and especially learning it in Texas, like, I'm sure there's a lot that we just did not cover. Oh, yeah. Like, like I said, we learned more about John Brown than we did about Harriet Tubman. Yeah. We prioritized a white man who was, uh, albeit, you know, saving uh, or, or fighting for black lives over a black woman who was in a much worse situation and putting herself in a much more dangerous situation, you know. Mm hmm to save I think it's upwards of 75 black people or free 75 slaves you know which is just that it's so incredibly hard and we spend so much time talking about you know freedom writers and people who um, along the the um, underground railroad who were you know advocates for black people and would like keep them safe while they moved on but we don't talk about the black people we don't talk about that in some instances black people would have to stay in closets or under floorboards or even in attics for days and days and days at a time in order to even taste freedom and sometimes they didn't make it you know that's the thing too like harriet very easily like was free and could have just loved her free life and she chose to help like other people get that freedom mm-hmm. like i like honestly she's so underrated like we literally did not learn enough about her we didn't and like i said you have your frederick Douglasses, you have um just people who told their stories through their own perspective and be- and like where we can really get 
what it meant to be a black person in America at the time. And we just don't learn about it. And I feel like that's why racism is still at the place that it is. Because we're not seeing American history as like human history. We're seeing it as the history of the white man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It's just frustrating because like, honestly, I feel like the only way for it to change is through education and like, it doesn't seem very promising that that's going to happen soon. Yeah. And I mean, and at the core of this, white people just are going to have to want to do better. But it's hard to want to do, quote unquote, better when you are benefiting from the system. Yeah. So we just wanted to highlight some black history. We wanted to talk about why it's so important and just really um, try and get out as much education as we could to hopefully push you as listeners and whoever you may be to listen more to Black voices in, in every month, really, but, you know, and this month specifically. And also, we just wanted to um, say a happy birthday to Trayvon Martin, who um, would have, this would have, February 5th would have been his 25th birthday. I feel like going from, you know, educating us about the truths of slavery to seeing how Black men in this country and Black people in general are still very much treated as threats and as less than human beings is just as prominent today as it was back then. So happy birthday to Trayvon Martin and everyone just do better. So bachelor, um, I'm currently still trying to catch up with the bachelor cause they hit us with that double episode this week. Um, but I know you have some thoughts. Pre, it was so unnecessary. It was, <laughs> it was, it's just the whole of this thing is so unnecessary. I have questions about, like, obviously, um, for those of you who didn't maybe haven't listened to our second episode where we do talk about the first episode of Bachelor, go back and wa- and listen to it, one. But two, um, I talked about how this is my first real Bachelor season. So, is this a typical season, in your opinion? Um, yes and no. I feel like this season, there's been a lot more, like, women getting, like, involved in arguments. Like, last season, we only really had, like, one main argument by, like, episode four or five. And then maybe a second one started around this time. But, like, I feel like we get a different, like, cat fight each week. Like, I'm like... Who has conflict with which girl? I do not know. They all have conflict with each other. Yeah. And it's it's part of it is like, okay, I get it. Like, in order for the process to work, for them to trust the process, you know, like, they have to buy in and be like, oh, my boyfriend and blah, 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 blah. But I just, like, some of these girls, I'm just like, sis, what are you doing? Like, I just feel like, watching the bachelorette the guys at this point were just so much more laid back 
outside of Luke P. But, you know. Um, and the girls are just like crying every two seconds about not getting time and being mad about people for stealing time and stuff like that, which I get and I understand. But it's just it's just too much. But what I wanted to really like talk about is, like I said, you loving reality TV like you do. I think that this is one of those Wizard of Oz moments where we can see everything going on behind the curtain right now. Mm-hmm. And I yes. want to know how, how, um, how is this different from other things that you've seen in, may- in maybe even other Bachelor seasons? And do you think there's a way to, oh, is there such a thing as overproducing? So the thing, the crazy thing is, like, because I've seen so many years of The Bachelor, I've really seen, like, this evolution almost of, like, revealing behind the scenes more and more. Um, Like, I feel like when Unreal came out, like, they were so quick. Like, Chris Harrison's, like, the face of the franchise. And, like, I remember he did an interview where he was, like, oh, like, that's an exaggeration of the show. Like, of course, we're not really doing all that jazz blah 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 and like of course like the bachelor is not nearly as extreme as unreal like the stuff that they were doing on that show and like the the way like there was like a girl that, that like died and stuff like that's not happening in real life but like mm-hmm. but it seems since, like it this season <laughs> yes but exactly like ever since then like the show kind of has shifted and it like started out like with on like bachelor in paradise which is like a more casual show like, every now and then, it'd be, like, you would have, like, the producer talking to a contestant, and, like, we'd be seeing that. Whereas, like, in the confessionals, where we usually just got only, like, the confessional interviews. Um, and then, like, last year, when Colton jumped over the fence, that was the real, like, un- like the real, like, revealing moment of, like, the behind the scenes. Like, we got a lot of producers like, on Rocky Talkies, we saw them, like, driving around trying to find Colton, um, I don't remember what country they were in at the time, it was during the overnight days, but, like, they were just, like, driving around trying to find him, communicating, and, like, we were just, like, watching these producers, like, freak out because their lead is MIA, um, so, yeah, and now we're getting where it's not as extreme of a situation, but, like, with the Chase Rice and... Was it Victoria? Was it Victoria? Is she the one that was dating Chase Rice? Yeah, Victoria S. Yeah, so like how we saw her just like, like I have never, and I like the that's the weird thing too is like I never thought about like what happened between the dates. Like after these concert dates, I never really thought about like if they actually got to meet the lead. So like mm-hmm. it was weird seeing like Chase and Peter like hug it out and like Chase ask questions about the show. Which, interesting enough, Chase Rice actually played on Survivor. And he, like, made it into the final three. Oh, good yeah. for him. That's yes. Awesome. That's a weird, like, like Survivor alum. Yes. So he, like, played 10 years ago, actually. And, like, it was weird because um, Reality Steve is, like, the one that, like, spoils the seasons as they go. And he tweeted, and he was, like, Chase Rice concert for Bachelor one-on-one date at Cedar Point in Ohio and I just remember being like 
if I was free, like, of course I would go. Like, a Survivor and Bachelor crossover, I just, like, wouldn't, like, expect to happen. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, like, it was just weird because it was, like, them casually talking. We see, like, producers casually talking to, like, Victoria because she's, like, freaking out. It just was, like, I was appalled. And also, it's just, like, I felt so bad because you could tell that, like, Chase didn't know that was going to happen. Victoria didn't know that was happening. Obviously, Peter had no idea. Um, but it was like the producers clearly planned that. Like they, you—that's not something that just happens. Yeah, and I don't, um, I don't know if you kept up with the story afterwards, but and who knows if Chase Rice is telling the truth or not? But he was like, you know, yeah, I know her, and we like went on like a date or like hung out and stuff like that but we're like by no means were we in a relationship yeah like it wasn't a bit like it wasn't as big of a deal which is like awkward mm-hmm. People, just, like, like, I think uh-huh. the way that it was framed made it seem like they had been together and it was like you know a, like like that it was hard for her to be there and not just you know a little awkward you know yeah no it definitely like she was definitely elevating it to like a point where it wasn't like it even if they were in a long-term relationship how she was acting didn't make sense Mm -hmm. um but I mean to be fair kind of it is like technically like her first date with Peter and that's just like something like you you expect to just be having a good time you don't expect to see someone that like you kind of like we're talking to or anything Mm -hmm. yeah I get it. I don't know. I feel like they're using the the like the more behind the scenes looks as you call them to like make it seem like the show is more real. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're yeah. doing that to be like, oh, these are real people, and we're like you know checking in on them maybe or like um, th- like we didn't expect this to happen. Like I feel like I feel like when you start seeing people with walkie talkies on and like cameramen and stuff like that it makes it seem like the scene is more chaotic than it is yeah it's not staged exactly like it's more like raw footage Mm -hmm. which it's just like crazy and i don't like i don't understand why we're like i don't know why we're doing this now it like takes me out of it and it's like i i think that's why it's not enjoyable for me because i just can tell how produced the show is and it's like hard to watch because peter's so dumb Peter's a terrible, like, w- uh, yeah. I think something that I can't, I and someone might have to copyright me on this um, or, like, go back and see exactly what we said at the very beginning. I 100% am now on the train of Peter is not a good bachelor. Mm. What makes you say that? Just, he's not confident at all. He is, and I feel like he, like, the women are right. Like, he's just not being fair. Like, every, I swear to you, every episode there is, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of where you are, but, like, every episode, I would say for the past four episodes, which were only on six, but. Yeah, the whole season. He has had a moment where he's, like, I can't make it to the group date or like the group date is canceled or, um, you know, yeah. this part, this portion of the day is, it's canceled. Like I, I just can't do it. Like, I just don't know. And I just, 
And I will say, even though Hannah Brown's makeup was running at every single episode, she was going to be there. She didn't cancel anything, you know? And I feel no, like... It's annoying, honestly. Yeah. And it, I feel like there are just a lot of people who aren't getting fair chances. Like, not much of a spoiler, but spoiler alert, I guess. Natasha still has not had a one-on-one. Victoria S. has had two. And so I feel like, like, and there are just so many connections where I feel like in their faces, he'll be, I feel like he's a little two-faced because in in their faces, he's, you know, every girl to him is, I just feel so strongly about you and like you're the sun, the moon, and stars. And then he's all over them physically. And then he goes and does it with another girl. And I'm just like, I don't know about you. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I like, I don't know. I guess I forget that he has kept canceling things because I'm not watching them like the episodes consistently. Mm-hmm. But like, you're so right. Like, he has been canceling so many portions of dates, or even just like the football date where they all had to go because there was a tie kind of thing. Like that, just like it's it sucks, and I feel bad for mm-hmm. like these girls. And that's I think that's mostly why you you get you're getting a lot more of the I don't have enough time with him because they actually just are not getting enough time with him. Exactly, and it's like even like and I I feel like he is playing into the drama. I feel like the ladies are correct in that because no, he's whole... he cares a lot about what everyone else thinks. We're, I feel like now that we're getting into the space where people are going to start getting their second, you know, one-on-ones and getting their, uh, you know, group dates are going to kind of stop and it's going to be, you know, suitcase by the door kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like this is about to get terrible in a way that, like, I don't think, I don't know that I'm going to be okay with because I just feel like Peter is so makes these girls feel like he's so invested in them and then it's just like I'm sorry I hope that like someone is gonna really enjoy you one day and it's like what no that's every season yeah literally every girl is like I'm so confused and like multiple times I've been like yeah I would be confused too because literally like I said literally five minutes ago he was looking at McKenna saying I totally trust you like and I want you to be here and then five minutes five and she's gone she goes home yeah so that's the thing that is also the worst thing about the bachelor in my opinion is just like the men are just so like they like to validate the woman just to make them happy even if they don't really mean it and like it's like the bachelors usually come off the show being like, yeah, like, I kind of knew who my top six women were, but like it was in the air. And like the bachelorettes will come off and being like, I knew who I was choosing on night one, which is why you often get a lot of times the first impression rose is the person that wins the bachelor at seasons. Um, whereas like the bachelor seasons, like the person that get the first impression rose, sometimes she's the villain. Sometimes she is, does go far. Sometimes she's gone week three. Like it just changes a lot. Um, it's just like the women are a lot the bachelors are a lot more sure of like their opinions and decisions and pursue only like those whereas like guys are just like I guess not confident in themselves and just like to dabble yeah I don't know it's just not my favorite 
Yeah, no, that's fair. And it's, like from your lens and standpoint, I like that makes sense why you wouldn't enjoy it because now that I think about it, it is very much him playing with a bunch of girls' hearts just to crush them. And he's and but he wants to give off this. I'm so genuine and like you know I'm just a nice guy. And it's like no, you're not. Yeah. Which in that terms, you know, him and Victoria F like deserve each other, but because the whole point of this is for them to you know find love his best bet is going to be madison and if he doesn't pick her i'm literally going to like lose my mind Alrighty, guys it's time to get into sorry not sorry the moment in the podcast where you can highlight something that is really major week or you're super excited about or maybe you just feel like you got to get something off your chest we might be sorry well you might want us to be sorry but we're really not so (laughs) I think this week is my week to start. So Reagan being back on her bullshit, just another public service announcement for all of us, which it's not funny, but it's a little funny to me, but it's not. Okay. Um, As we all know, the late, great Kobe Bryant, some have been saying that he has a complicated past, um, which we kind of touched on a lot in last week's podcast. But I don't know if you saw all this or not, Brie. The Gail King interview was one of his close friends from the um, from the WNBA. Did you have you seen this? I don't think so. Okay, basically, Gail is 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 asking her a lot of questions about the sexual the sexual assault. One, as if she was there, and two, when um, the when this woman like um, expresses discomfort and. It's kind of like just, you know, saying, you know, I'm not going to speak on it. Gail persists. And it's mm. just, it was just distasteful. And a lot of people had an issue with it because it's like, you know, and, and, a, and a point that I've seen made a lot that I feel like is super valid is that, you know, I can't tell you how many times Kobe Bryant has probably walked on that set or has done interviews since 2004 when the case was dismissed. Mm-hmm. And in none of those interviews did anyone ever have the balls to ask him these questions to his face. But now that he's gone, you know, they want to ask the questions and get, you know, family members' perspectives and friends' perspectives and stuff like that. It's just, it's just distasteful, especially when you consider the fact that he died alongside his daughter and has left a wife and three and two uh, three other kids, you know, um, mm-hmm. but that's not the part that we're focusing on, or I'm focusing on. Um, Snoop Dogg decided that he was going to chime in, and it was oh, one of those. Oh it was one of those where you know you started out. We started out strong, and then I kind of had to go. Oh wait a minute, let me back up. Like it was a you right, but um, I don't know about all that. Uh, so he starts out, like I said, you know, saying, you know, you had all this time to interview him and to get these answers that you wanted or this, you know, these headlines and this clickbait that you wanted and you didn't do it because you're a coward. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but then he goes on into the MFs and the Bs and the we can come find Jews. And it was, uh, it was a little, he goes on to say, you know, so like leave Kobe alone and, alongside that free bill cosby and that's when literally it was one of those like okay stop the track 
moments <laughs> and rebuild costumes, <laughs> and people started running with it. And I was like, what we're not about to do is equate a singular incident where, you know, um, you know, things were pretty much resolved and have been resolved for the better part of 20 years to a man who drugged, remember the drugs people, and raped dozens of women. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. let's not let's not do that. Let's not pull Kobe down by doing that. Okay? <laughs> but here's here's the thing. Bill Cosby then began to tweet from jail. Tweet out dog. I listen, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. I listen, I've been so entertained. I've been so entertained. But um the t like the thing is we just can't we one we can't make that comparison it, but it just it struck me because I, and i this is a sorry not sorry because i heart and this is more of a sorry not sorry to me than anyone else because the black community for a while has been saying you know Oprah has been on this, you know, thing where she's more, where she's calling out black men and wanting to persecute black men for their, you know, um, misconduct and stuff like that. I think most notably recently has been Russell Simmons. Um, But when it comes to white men like Harvey Weinstein, she doesn't want to make a statement or she doesn't want to, you know, uh, she doesn't want to say anything about it and so with her her you know copyrighted trademarked best friend gail king coming out and saying uh you know and coming out with this interview and stuff like that and even though she did apologize in some pseudo form way she didn't apologize for making those comments but she did say that there was more to the interview than just those comments which doesn't stop that you asked those questions and persisted um i just have to say you know reagan you were wrong april uh, oprah and gail are on some bullshit they really (laughs) are on some bullshit when it comes to calling out um black men about their transgressions and not and not giving that same energy towards their white counterparts so yeah i had to change my mind uh, this is the one time that I will say, you know, I'm I'm wrong. The I always say I am right 97% of the time. But sorry, not sorry <laughs> to you, Miss Sharice. You were wrong. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of layers in your sorry, not sorry. There were. I'm long-winded <laughs> today. Oh, okay. So my second favorite part of the week after my sunglasses being found wow was what i said wow i didn't expect it to i didn't expect the sunglasses to make number one girl it like i cannot tell you how much like i wasn't having a bad week clearly i'm about to explain why it's just like that i'm sorry that just really made my whole like i literally was like 2020 could not get better than this week (laughs) 
I like don't miss it. I literally this bitch I'm peaked. low key pressed because I know that something bad, like not something bad directly is gonna happen, but like I just know that there's never been two great days in my life, just like to the level of these two days. I got my BTS soundcheck and barricade tickets to the Dallas concert. So that is my sorry, not sorry for the week. I know I talk about K-pop every week. I think this will be the last one for a minute. Because, like, this is what everything was leading up to, was me trying to get these tour tickets. And it was honestly, like, the most stressful time I've ever had trying to get tickets in my life. Um, But I felt like all my training as a fangirl the last many, many years um, helped me. I don't think you would have been able to do it, Reagan at all like you would have been like you would have messed up damn not not to drag you it's just like it was if I did not buy all of our tickets like I did I would have struggled you're right I never bought a ticket (laughs) (laughs) I have always been the reimburser (laughs) (laughs) but like it really like oh I'm like I cannot I'm so excited I've already thought I've been thinking about my outfit I I just I cannot wait. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm like, like I said on Twitter, I was shocked because I saw that you got the tickets and I was like, OMG, she did it. Which it just goes against my brand. It goes against my brand, but I am happy for you. Thank you, thank you. A lot of people have just been saying that they're like, I am so happy for you. Like it's like a weird like <laughs> like they're like, I am not jealous of this experience you're about to have but I'm happy that you would experience it that's what it's been like I would never but the fact that you can okay yeah I am nervous though it's my first time like going to a concert by myself um but I think I can handle myself it's not as bad as you think it is (laughs) I'm excited it's gonna be fantastic I I I don't like yeah it made my year tea she's been waiting on this for a long time so you know yeah I also don't think I've ever actually gotten to see like an artist when like I was like peek into them like obviously I love Betty and Troy and like they're like my Darren yeah oh Darren was peak time you're so right (laughs) that's been how many years seven years now yeah it's about time. Even still, you weren't as peak as that girl that went, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I think I thought I was peak. I, I'm going to be humbled. I'm about to be standing there with all these rich army who probably are seeing them like four times. And I just lucked out and got the ticket. Like, well, But yeah. Anyways. I'm <laughs> so. happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Make sure that you listen to all of our episodes um, and wherever you listen. If you can subscribe, if you can like, if you can give us five stars or comment, please do all of the above. Help your girls out. Be out here in the streets for us because we're out here in the streets for you. Mm-hmm. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you.